0: Hello, and, and you welcome. welcome to Stroke T- TV show and podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Adler. Today, we'll be interviewing a person named Roger Willis, who had a, survived a heart attack. And so let's, let's get right into it. Let me uh, bring on the bumper. Everybody get morning. Let me bring my coast. Our guests have dropped off the line. I have no idea where he went. Let me round up. Hey, it's good morning, Deborah.
1: Good morning, Erin. How
0: are you today? I do really Good, but are we just lost our guest to the green room? Could you message him, please?
1: Yeah, he'll pop back on. I'm sure he will. But it's going to be a good story today, guys.
0: Something yeah,
2: different.
0: A heart yeah. attack. I think either we have talked. We had a conversation in the green room, and Deborah, I, and Roger, and you can, I want you to hear him talk about. He started having pre-warning signs that he was going to have a heart attack, but he he ended up ignoring him basically,
1: mm-hmm.
0: just by you know, explain them way. and then two days later, one day ten days after a heart attack. So to take Oh well, he to- was
1: one of the lucky ones because sometimes when we find we do this as human beings as we pick apart our symptoms and we say well maybe it's because of this and maybe it's because of that and that's what happened with Roger's story we won't take away from his story by telling you about it but right. that's what he he kind of did because there was a lot of things going on at the same time so it could have been something else for him. And, and they
0: use the Peru, Peru uh use Google, and that was and, uh, yeah. Trump, and WebMD, gone. don't
1: go so, on WebMD. Yeah, again. when
0: in need, don't Google your symptoms. Go to Never. Back. So I'm out there Let's pick our guest, Roger Roger Wallace on the
2: line. Hear me? hey, hey how, how you, are? you doing, bro? Hey, hey, good, bro. how are you? Hi, Deborah. Yeah, really good.
0: I was a, so you. I'm really, really glad you're here this morning because I was so excited to hear you, you and I talk. I never talk in the green room. We're talking about knowing the symptoms your body tells you something is wrong. Well, we'll get yeah. more into that. Let's go. Give me an idea of what your life was like before your heart attack, Roger.
2: Well, it was actually as normal as it is right now. Um... My, like I said, my wife and I, you know, we've been empty nesters for a few years. So we just kind of kept to ourselves. Um, our house was our, our life was kind of turned upside down in October of 2018. Uh, we had a house fire. Um, I was working at one of the wineries up here and in, in, uh, right outside of Watkins Glen and got the phone call and hurried home to watch my fire or my house burning down. Uh, so we moved in with my my son and my grandkids uh, for about. Eight months. And then we moved um, up to a cottage uh, on one of the lakes here in uh, right outside of Watkins Glen. And everything was going fine, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. I wasn't experiencing any issues. Like you figure with having a house fire and trying to figure out everything, you'd have a lot of stress. Um, mm-hmm. But I did get, I did, um, right after the fire, right after the house fire, um, I did go to the doctor. And they said you do have high blood pressure, probably because of the stress uh, from our house burning down and everything. Trying to figure out all that, so they put me on low dose Lisinopril, and then I went um, again. And they put me; they did some blood work, and they said, "Well, you have high cholesterol." So I started making some dietary changes, and they put me on low dose uh, Lipitor. So then, um, like a week before we moved into the house. Which was last year because it almost took three years to build the house. It was just my brother in law and a small crew. Um, I was watching my grandkids, and I just woke up one morning uh, on a Monday morning and was just sweating profusely. And had, you know, my hands were shaking, and uh, my back was sore, and my chest was sore, but I didn't think anything of it because I have back issues already. Uh, so I kind of ignored it, and, and then. Well, it wasn't a kind of, I did ignore it. And then um, the next day I felt fine. But then the day after that on a Wednesday, June 3rd, I still remember the day. I think we remember our dates of a, yes. a dramatic event. <laughs> Excuse me. So June 3rd, I woke up that morning and I felt worse than I did on that Monday. And I texted my wife and I said, as soon as the kids are up, I'm going to get them around and, and take them up to grandma's house, to great grandma's. And she says, don't wait around, get them dress, you know, get them up now because it was early in the morning, like eight o'clock. And so I drove them up to my mother-in-law's house and then I went to primary care and explained to them about having, you know, chest and back pain. So they said, no, go right to the ER. They whooshed me right in. They hooked up all the wires and gadgets to me and they said, yeah, you're having something going on. So they were thinking about uh, care flighting me to uh, Arnett, which is in Elmira, New York, like, like a 30, 45 minute drive, 30 minute drive. So they were going to care flight me there, but the weather was bad. So I had an ambulance ride all the way to the hospital, and then they did some stents. And then I did a, uh, well, I was there a Wednesday, and I, they released me, discharged me on Friday. And then the week after that, we moved into the house.
0: So if one of the audience are really taken of your story, Roger? said his body was giving you warning signs,
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm pointing him here, understanding days
2: before your heart attack. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we I would come up to the house because, like I said, we we're staying at uh, the cottage, and I'd come up here and, and mow the yard. We have a lawn tractor for the big parts of the yard, and then uh, we push mow where I couldn't hit with the tractor. And I noticed I'd be, you know, out of short shortness of breath, and and my breathing would get. And I just thought it was because it was warm and you know, the allergies or stuff like that, and the humidity, just ignored it. So I was doing literally nothing. Absolutely. I just woke up when I was having these these symptoms. So I didn't have to exert any anything to create a heart attack. But like you said, I ignored it that Monday. And I did tell my wife, I said, I feel like something's going on. And mm-hmm. like you said, I said, you know, Google is not your friend when you, you know, when you're wow. looking up symptoms. And I said, yeah, I'm having low blood sugar. That's what I thought I was having. No, I was mm-hmm. having, and the, when I went that Wednesday uh, to have my procedures done, the stents and everything that I said, I was feeling like this Monday. And the the uh, doctor said, well, probably because you were having a, a mild heart attack. This was a little bit more major. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he says, good thing you didn't ignore it this time because you probably wouldn't be here the next day type of thing. So Don't ignore it. If you, I mean, don't be a hypochondriac, obviously, but don't ignore warning signs of a heart attack and talk to a doctor. Don't go on Google and say what are symptoms of a heart attack because you'll think you'll be having a heart attack. But talk to a doctor and say, okay, what should I be looking for? Because we're not getting any old or younger. So you know, if you're my age, I mean, I've I've known guys that have had heart attacks in their thirties. So Mm -hmm. when I would say, when you get in your thirties, you know, start talking to a doctor when you go to a checkup and say, look, what are my warning signs? What should I be looking for? You know, for if I'm having a heart attack or not. Um, but don't ignore it. If you, you know, if you feel something's not right, go to the ER, they will get you right in and they will check you out. And if there's nothing wrong, great. If there is something wrong, then they can catch it ahead of time. That would be my advice.
0: Absolutely Amazing. You know, there's right there, we have this all the time, stroke, heart attack. There are warning signs your body gives you. Mm-hmm. And they mean not beyond Google. Right. Be, you know, they, or they may be on Google and they way over the top. Mm-hmm. But listen to your body, people. It's may as a stroke awareness month and high blood pressure awareness.
2: Yeah. I was but, having high blood pressure, but they they were thinking it was because of stress related due to you know, trying to figure out getting in the house. We were, it, it was, you know, it was going on two years and, you know, we weren't in the house, we were living here, we we're living there. And, you know, just kind of bouncing around and it, it does become stressful to you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but like I said, just stay off the daggum Google. Don't no. try to Google no. your symptoms because that's you know, the
1: worst. That's the yeah. worst. And, and what you said, which, which really I want to drill home is that you said, I just didn't feel right. That guys is one of the biggest signs when mm-hmm. somebody says to you, my husband and I will say this to each other all the time when we feel there's something off or something odd, you know, so that, that way there's a timeline. of Well, my husband said, when he woke up, he felt, tired more so than usual after a long night's sleep so just tell someone and you know like you said you told your wife which was Mm -hmm. good because if something happened to you she could have said when it started what you said right and sometimes those symptoms like they're not on google because some people have symptoms that are not even known about
2: so right right
1: just follow your gut it's there for a reason guys
2: yeah well, the, I, I picked. Well, they, when I was at the ER, they said, they asked me, do you, uh, which hospital I wanted to go to? Did I wanted to go to Ithaca? Did I want to go to Elmira? And I said, well, we were already staying in El, uh, in the Elmira area. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a uh, town right next to Elmira called Horseheads. So that's where we were staying at in a hotel. So I said, I want to go to Elmira because that way my wife was close, right. not thinking about COVID. They wouldn't let her in. Mm-hmm. So, So I got a hold of her on my phone on the on the way over in the ambulance. I was texting her and I said, can you put together a bag like my iPad, some, you know, this, that and the other. So I and charger. So I have it so I can continue to communicate with you or anybody else that wants to check in and see how I'm doing because they wouldn't let her in. So they did let her bring the bag to the front desk and they said, "Okay, Roger Willis, he's in ICU, blah, blah, blah. So they brought it up. But at least they let her do that. They wouldn't let her come see me, which I thought was. That's sad. Pretty, it's sad. It sucked, really. I didn't. It did. I, I Roger, I, didn't I, was a,
1: I was alone when I had my stroke. My husband brought me there. And yeah. Then and that was it. He left me until he came to pick me up. And yeah. that was the scariest feeling in the world. And then.
2: Yes, it is. And, it, you know, I guess. And then, you know, the, yeah, other, the other thing, thing that. Thing that I mean, if you don't mind getting poked and prodded every couple hours, yeah, sure. you know, good luck with oh. that. You won't get any sleep. I mean, the first nope. night I was there, I didn't sleep at all because it, about the time I go to sleep, the, the blood pressure cuff, because they have the IVs yeah. in my arm right there yeah. to draw. Yeah. And the as soon as I'd start to fall asleep, the blood pressure cuff would take me my blood pressure. And then they'd come in, oh, we got to take more blood and we got to do this. So you got to check your vitals. I'm like, can I not sleep? You know, yeah. sleep, sleep is important when you're trying to heal. That's what yes. they tell you. Get sleep. Well, how can you sleep? <laughs> you know? So, like, the first night was, yeah. The second night, they kind of let me sleep more during the day type of thing. So, I would just tell my wife, look, I'm going to, if I nod off, you know, and if I don't answer you, it's probably because I fell asleep. I'm just exhausted. She goes, I'll just leave you alone. And, She'd leave me alone, but then somebody else would message me or call me and say, hey, how you doing? I'm like, trying to sleep.
1: Turn that damn thing off. That's what I <laughs> yeah, do. So then I'm after a while, t- I just
2: have to turn the phone off, you know, you know, yeah, so I know if great. I'm going to fall asleep, I just turn the daggone thing off and just go to sleep. And then when I and wake up, And you guys out there, off. it's
1: also, it is okay to tell them to stay out of your room. Once you're stable, yeah. you can ask them to skip one time of checking your vitals. As long mm-hmm. as those vitals have been consistently stable. Tell them you do not want them and that you refuse it. They'll just mark patient refused and they won't come in the room because I, as a nurse knew I could do that. I also knew that I've given people time to rest because I know they need that more than they needed my ass in there checking their vital signs. So Mm -hmm. just ask for it. Seriously ask for it because during that very small window of time, your rest, like Roger said, is so important to healing.
2: Well, and the other thing, too, is like, because I had two stents in my wrist uh, the uh, the day I got there. They put two in. So the the uh, protocol is you're not to get out of bed for 24 mm-hmm. hours. Well, it's kind of hard to go to the bathroom, you know, so they give you the big pee cup. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can't even sit up in bed. They wouldn't even let me sit up. And then, you know, I'd ring the bell and I said, I'm sorry. To I was always apologetic. Yes, like, I'm sorry to bother are. you. And goes, no, don't worry about it. You know these nurses are on twelve-hour shifts. God bless them. Right. My sister's a nurse, and I know. You know she goes through that stuff. But I said I'm sorry to bother you, but I got to get up and peace. so they come over and help you. You know that's our job. You know bother. She go, yeah. and come to find out, it was me and one other person in the ICU, and it was other than that, it was quiet that whole time I was there. So they didn't Who's mind. They
1: didn't put a Foley in
2: you. Right. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't mind helping me because it was only two people and not a whole, it wasn't full. So I was grateful for that. I had, you know, very caring nurses and, you know, the doctors are coming in. You got the people coming in uh, to describe the medication you're going to be on. I'm like, just when you discharge me, just let me know. Then I I need to rest. Just when I, when I get discharged, we can have a meeting, you know, don't bother me right now.
1: It's terrible. That and needs you know, to
0: let's, let's, Can we pause for just a second? We have quite a few audience members out there, and they're all just going crazy and chatting, and I want to give them a shout-out. Absolutely. So here's a lot to Broke Bryce, Bryce Albrian. I'm going to bring up, bring up his comment. Thank you for being here, Bryce. Um, look at this. She is for age 28 had oh, oh,
1: wow. wow. so a heart attack. Oh, wow. Wow. That's crazy.
0: Here's a shout out to Leticia and Anthony. We, you know, Stowe TV, everybody. I want to take a positive minute. And Stowe TV is really all about you, it's about us as a community of survivors. And if you, you know, it's been exciting ever since Tab and I kind of opened up this show to survivors. How the letter we learned from Roger Willis. Behind, yeah, he's not a strokes survivor, but it's a heart attack survivor. Yes. And guess what he did? He ignored it. It's like a stroke survivor too, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's been a guest that we have had online that has ignored the, I think every one of them ignored the warnings
1: well, I don't know if they ignore it, but they don't They don't think it's it's that, you know, because you, you don't yeah, want to think it is. But now that there is so much more information out there and people are getting educated, which I'm happy we're part of doing that, people are starting to realize it could happen to me.
0: Right. Yes. I mean, yes, that's really good. I mean, let's which We have a nice member at age 28, had a heart attack age 28. We know strokes about Roger that have strokes in their teens, the early 20s. In
1: utero. Really? Yeah. 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 On Friday, I'm doing a Care Warrior show, which is kind of dedicated once a month to caregivers. And my friend that will be the first guest on Friday, her son had a stroke in utero when she was seven months pregnant. Wow S- Subsequently he was born with cerebral palsy and she was his caregiver till he died at the age of 30. So Roger, oh did you have any um, family history of heart attacks?
2: Yeah they, um, they- yeah, my brothers a couple of my brothers I'm as youngest of, I'm the youngest of seven. Wow um, So a couple of my brothers have had heart attacks. Uh, one had open heart surgery. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure my dad had diabetes. Um, my mother she died when I was real young, so I don't remember her much. Um, but I don't I don't recall my dad having a heart attack ever. But I just know he had diabetes and was always watching, you know, had to watch his weight and high blood pressure. So it does run in our family.
0: Well, that's a really good point, Dad. I'm, you know, your nurse is kicking in right there. <laughs> but listen, how, no history, people. New history. If you have your family history is cancer, be aware of it. Be sensitive. Listen to your body. If you have a history of your family have heart disease, listen to your body. Now, Roger, you were on a diet when yes. you were on keto you're on keto.
2: keto. Yeah, my keto. wife and I were doing keto. And I'm not sure if we were doing it wrong or, you know. We did a lot of reading up on it before we started doing it. I just didn't consult with a physician beforehand, which you know I probably, in, in hindsight, I probably should have done that.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, good point. So it's always a good point. Now you know if you're if you're thinking about doing keto, make sure that it's okay you know, if your doctor is okay with it. That's what I would do. But, I
0: you know I really appreciate keto was a big diet. I'm not I'm done I'm done taking sides. I'm just telling people that in the audience, be aware and consult your doctor. You can make any drugs to change it to your diet, mm-hmm. your exercise program. Just talk to your doctor briefly and just talk, see what he is saying.
2: Yes.
1: yes absolutely. Not every Always. diet is good for everybody. I right, mean, exactly. Diet, yeah.
2: exactly. So it's,
1: it is important. <laughs> and also, you guys trust your doctor. If you don't feel comfortable with who you have, you go get another doctor. That's hmm. an important relationship and you yes. need to make sure you trust him and make sure he knows you because I've had doctors where they don't even remember who the heck I am sometimes when I go in and I don't want that kind of doctor. I want him to have an idea. I don't
2: want you to look at my chart and go, Oh,
1: you have this, this, uh, yeah. Well, you I know? remember,
2: I remember it cause I, and this is another thing for your audience. If you have veterans, in your audience that aren't in the VA, get in the VA. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, you hear you hear bad stories about, you know, experiences with the VA. I have never had any uh, issues with the VA uh, as far as like, you know, treatment or whatever. I will say that I had a doctor when I was beginning of last year. This was way before my heart attack. Um, so I went in to see the doctor and it was kind of a follow-up, but I didn't see my doctor. I saw a different one because they, they kind of rotate in and out mm-hmm. around here. And she was just – her bedside manner just – I told my wife, I mean, pardon my French just really pissed me off because <laughs> I didn't care for her bedside manner. She just – there's a way to tell people, you know, Absolutely. do something. And there's a way not to. And mm-hmm. her way to try to talk to me was I never had a doctor like that. And I, was, and I told my wife that I, I didn't care for her too much. Just her whole mannerisms, her bedside manner. She was just very gruff. And I get, she, you know, okay, I know I'm overweight, this, that, and the other. And I'm working on doing that. And I'm trying to fix that, you know. But when, you, when you're when you in a hotel room and it's because of COVID, you, there's so many restrictions. You can't use the fitness center. You can't use the pool. So mm-hmm. basically, you just walk up and down the hall. Um, if you can, you know, and sometimes I kind of frown on that because you might mm-hmm. be spreading the COVID, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so you kind of you're secluded. You're you kind of quarantining yourself except to go out and get something to eat or have it delivered to you. So, you know, a lot of it was, you know, stress for environmental. Yeah, yeah environmental. Yeah. It was like you, you were so restricted on what you can do and can't do. And then yeah. on top of that, you know, you're eating, you're living in a hotel room, which doesn't have a kitchenette. So right. you're living out of a microwave and, mm-hmm. you know, or ordering in or dining dash or whatever they call it, grub Hub and stuff. Uh, so, so you're so eating basically whatever sounds good, you know, well, exactly. I'll drive, you know, I'll drive over to KFC and get something to eat or hey, taco bell's right down the road. We were right in the middle of like all of the, cause there was restaurants across the street, like uh, Texas, Texas roadhouse, uh, Rob, Red Robin was across the street and they were doing curbside delivery. So I'd walk over, Get the food bring it back or drive over and park in a parking spot and pick up my food and then drive it back over so you're you're getting sedentary you're not doing a lot of movement because you're kind of restricted because of environment um and it was during the winter time so who wants to go walk out in the friggin cold you know and the snow and ice and all that stuff so you know and then so then by the time june rolled around i'm just we we started i want to say it was like march yeah, it was like around March or April we started doing keto. So by the time June rolled around, you know, we—I didn't consult with a physician, which you know I should have in hindsight. But just like, oh, you know, I've tried Atkins, I've tried Weight Watchers, mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. And I was yeah. like, well, let's try keto. And I was losing weight. I wasn't losing graduate, you know, a lot of weight, but I was losing some weight. Mm-hmm. And so maybe just wasn't doing it the right way. So probably consulting with a dietitian might have been more. Um, in my best interest. So that's another thing to consider if you're going to go on a diet to consult with a, a, a licensed dietitian, most hospitals or most places have a licensed dietitian that will accept your insurance. If you have insurance, we have <laughs> one through the VA and, you know, so all I gotta do is just call them and say, I want to consult with a physician and the uh, dietitian about uh, starting to lose more weight. So, and now with the weather getting better, I can get out and exercise now. So,
1: yeah, well, some doctors are very, um, I call them just dieticians because Mm -hmm. they diagnose you and they give you information, but they don't look at you as a person, and that right. type of doctor, I don't care how smart you are, how book smart you are, you're never going to get these patients to listen to you because of the approach. And that's exactly. why I always say you need to change doctors. Imagine if that was your primary that was assigned to you. Would you have said, right. hell no.
2: Right. You, well, would you know. know. The, the funny thing was, is after I had my heart attack, all my information was shared through the VA because that's my primary physician. And so I'm sitting in the hotel room and my phone rings. I can know. I noticed the uh, caller ID. I said, Oh, that's VA. So I answered the, the phone and who was it? It was that same doctor, but she was nice. <laughs> yeah. She was nicer this turnaround because I'd had a, you know, a traumatic event. So she was a little bit nicer to me. And yeah. I told my wife, I said, wow, it takes a heart attack for somebody to be nice to you. I guess, you know, <laughs> like joking around. I mean, I, my sense of humor, I have, you know, I kind of, you can look back on it and kind of joke about it some. I mean, it's no laughing matter
1: yeah. having a heart
2: attack, but sometimes you just kind of have to poke fun at yourself a little bit, to, you know, because if you don't, somebody else will, you know. Yeah, but, that's
1: so true, so
0: true. Yeah. yeah i curious, Roger, what is one of the primary things as a heart attack survivor you cope with now in your current life? What is there
2: something you have to be careful you do or don't do? Mm -hmm. Um, mostly it's just like, um, like doing yard work. I have to take it real easy. Mm -hmm. I take it in increments. I go out and mow. I'll set a timer on my phone because I listen to my music while I'm mowing. I think music's the best thing for, you know, working and working out or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'll go out and put my music on and set a timer for 15 minutes. And I just take it nice and easy. And, uh, thank God for self-propelled push mowers because they help, you know, and once the timer goes off, I go up on the porch, have a glass of water and take a little break and then back at it. And then to get all, cause most of the yard I can use the riding lawnmower. Thank God for that. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'll do one section of the yard. I'll push mow everything that I can't hit with the lawn tractor. And then I get on the lawn tractor that gives me even more of a break. So then I do that. and Then I go over to the other side of the yard and push mow what I can't hit with the riding mower. And then get my break on the on the backside. So then I've had a, I'm well rested by the time I get done. So that's my routine. So I just consciously think about okay, I'm going to go out and push Mo. It's nice and cool out. Doesn't matter. You're still exerting energy. Yeah. So just take it easy. And I exactly. I set a like I said I set a timer for what I feel comfortable with. Whatever you feel comfortable doing, set a timer for that. And then once that timer goes off, just shut down whatever you're doing and just take a break. That's what I so was you listen So,
0: to your, you listen to your podcast. Yeah.
1: That to is so important because I always tell everybody you know, you may not do it the way you did it, but you can figure out a way to do it. And yes. there's so many things that people think they'll never do again. Like you may have for a minute thought you'll never be in the argument, but you figured out how to do it. Do it. Right.
2: right. And the thing was before it was, we're in, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah so so it was last, last month, month. And I was yeah, getting it, really, Apprehensive about using the mower because in the past I would uh, mow the yard and and get out of breath and you know and really tired and I would push myself and so I just did a lot of self thinking and self doubt. I was like, "Gosh, I hope I don't have another heart attack while I'm out push you know push mowing and this would be worse." But if I just said, "Well, you know, just take it slow and do it in, in increments instead of trying to do." you know, yeah. all that oh, it no, wants, no, just do it in increments and no, take breaks. No, and yeah. so that's that's, that's the that's biggest change yeah. I've had since this heart attack happened last year.
0: Just be more aware of what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Okay, so
2: be aware of your body. Yeah. Be aware of what your body's telling yeah. you. That's, just, that's the biggest you know, thing. I you,
0: you the but I mean, it's a stroke. You know, until you have stroke, you have a heart you, you have a it's part of this of my body, cause everybody seemed to take it for granted. I, I was I was an overwater diver, outdoor a fisher, an outdoorsman, wakeboarder. I mean, I did all kinds of things. I never would have thought I'd have a stroke ever. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Ever. But hey, this is part I It might take a minute. I want to give a C-suite network shout out. I'll be right back. Hold on. I'll be right back. Hello, good and morning. This is Aaron Alma, the host of Turk TV and also CEO of Stroke TV Foundation. I want to draw your attention. You see, a have C C-suite network logo on a banner. We're not being paid or endorsed by C-Suite Network, but me as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, I recommend anybody to Google C-Suite Network. I personally know the chairman, Jeff Hazelight, and it has got to be the one of the best, best absolute best, Things people, can, an entrepreneur, business owner, CEO, high-level executive, company, that's a startup company, doesn't matter, CC Network is, is there to help you. So here's a shout-out to CC Network, Jeff Aza. Thank you for letting us use your logo. All right, let me get back on. All right, I'm back, guys. Sorry, I have to give a shout-out to my my friend Jeff Aslam from C-suite Network, but you know, you, the, the underlying thing that I sense in all this—I might be redundant. I cannot, but because it's so important, me, me, being stroke one month, and I'm um, to Larry about the Debra. Okay, but um, I'm sorry, it's not
1: Larry. That's a great name.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's my dog. I muted my microphone so you couldn't hear him. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, the main thing is, I forgot about saying i can't, sorry, that's okay. I forgot about saying, but brother, first tell you, but me, I forgot to tell everybody where you live. Where do you live?
2: I live in uh, Watkins Glen, New York. If you're familiar with NASCAR. Yeah, of uh, course. we have a big Watkins Glen International Speedway is just right up the road from us. Um, was uh, the Finger Lakes Winery? Uh, Finger Lakes Wine Trail runs through Watkins Glen. Uh, there's tons of wineries around here, so it's it's a very small tourist town, uh, right on the end of uh, Seneca Lake in New York well, State. That's
0: pretty big. You guys are a lot more than the wine. I'm in the West Coast. I live in the Sonoma County wine country. Yeah, but through the CC network, I've been all these different winery owners from the east coast. Uh, I'm in the side, but you guys have quite a wine industry out there, really good quality wines. I'm really impressed. But let's jump right back into it, Roger. Let's talk about that syndrome of sweating on a heart attack. You were sweating profusely. Now tell me a little bit about that and why you've kind of brushed it off as if it's nothing.
2: Well, traditionally I'm I'm more I'm normally a pretty sweaty guy, anyways. Um, so I can usually just take like a hand towel and wipe myself off when I, until I get to a cool place and then and then dry off. But that morning it took more like a bath towel because I was sweating so much. I had to walk around with no shirt on to keep wiping my chest and my back and my hair and my head and everything to keep the sweat from, you know, to keep from sweating. And it just would not stop. So that I knew was not right. I, If I normally sweat, it's just for a small pre, uh, small period of time and then it kind of just goes away. But this was you know, early in the morning. It was nice and cool out. And it just would not stop. And just taking a bath towel to try to get all the sweat off of I me, mean, it just was not working.
0: Now, Deb, is that a normal heart attack? I'm assuming sweating is normal. That,
1: that is one of the number one things. Is yes. your, The number one thing is someone that starts to profusely sweat. Because what it is, is it affects the circulation. The heart is pumping, pumping, hard. it shoots your blood pressure up, and then you'll start. It's almost like you're exercising. So it's very normal. Well,
0: no, is now, Roger, how many Roger, um, how many days before our actual heart attack did you have that symptom? Say that again. I'm sorry. Wait, how many, how long before your heart died did just sweat?
2: Oh, it was that morning. That morning, I didn't. I wasn't doing any of that um, profusely sweating until that morning, and that's why I was telling you earlier. I thought maybe because I had kind of abruptly stopped doing keto that my blood sugar dropped, and sweating is, is a, a a symptom of low blood sugar as well. So it, it was it was confusing signals thinking, okay, I just dropped my blood sugar down and I was sweating because I'm trying to build up my my insulin or whatever. I'm not too keen on all of that stuff, but I just looked at the symptoms like, oh, you know, I'm having a low blood sugar attack. So I need to eat some stuff with sugar and build it back up and I should be okay. And that wasn't the case.
0: So now in hindsight, if you had Georgia diet, I mean, you noticed those symptoms what would you suggest to anybody out there that maybe experiences something on
2: their body? Don't question it. If you're profusely sweating and you normally don't, get to the doctor. Call if you can't get to the doctor. Get to get nine one one and have the paramedics come out and and uh, get to you as soon as possible. If you can get to the hospital quicker than the EMTs, if you can get somebody to take you, get there because that's. If that was one of the things that struck me odd is that sweating so much. I mean, I like I said, I normally sweat, but not that much. And if you know yourself well enough to know that, okay, I normally don't sweat or I don't sweat that much. And all of a sudden it's just coming down in buckets. Get to the doctor as soon as possible. Get to the hospital as soon as you can. Um, tightness of your chest. Yeah, definitely. And I was having uh, jitters as well. If you're if you're shaking and sweating get there sooner than later that's what I would suggest to anybody
0: I think most of us go through this life almost we're younger especially obviously mm-hmm. we we feel like we're and we're like superheroes nothing can bad to us yeah but that's so true is it? I mean here you're you're hard to attack somebody but I my myself and Deb are a stroke survivor. If you dare ask, ask us in our 20s as we are abusing our bodies with, with various substances and lifestyles, if I could be causing something when I'm 40 or 50 years old to happen, me have a different look. So all young people out there listen, what you do to your body now does reflect later on in life. So don't, don't mess around with it. Treat to write early on. Earlier you get control of your blood pressure, earlier on you get control of your eating habits need eat healthy, the better you are because you won't end up like us. Well you won't have a heart attack or a stroke wondering what happened. it it was I was culminating my story
2: for decades before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Don't question it. Don't overthink it. Just go to the doctor. Go to the so ER. You,
0: Bryce our has, has a question for you. Uh, I don't know if you can see that or not.
2: Yes, it does feel like a cramp. It feels it like somebody's squeezing on your chest and your back. At least that's what it felt like to me. Good. All right. It felt like somebody was like really hugging me tight and, around my chest and my back. And it didn't feel did, like you have, did
1: you have any nausea?
2: No, no, no nausea. But
1: that's common too. It's nausea. Really? Common. Yeah.
2: I just had the profuse sweating, tightness of chest and back, and uh, the shakes.
1: So I'm saying it's so different for everybody, you know, especially yeah, from and it's women it's to misleading.
2: men. That's why it's kind of can be misleading that that presents almost like blood uh, bloat. Low or blood sugar. Low blood sugar. <laughs> <laughs> <I> had <laughs> could hardly talk for a minute. Yeah, low yeah. blood sugar kind of it kind of mimics that, but mm-hmm. the tightness of your chest and back where it feels like somebody's really hugging you tight and you can't hardly mm-hmm. breathe, you know. So this it, it did cramp up on me. and That's what it feels like somebody like a big clamp mm-hmm. and put around my chest and back so I could hardly breathe.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And with the nausea guys, um in when I learned in nursing school is when you have a patient that says, "Well, I'm feeling, feeling nauseous awesome. and it's not normal." You know, it give them some mylanta, something, okay. because a lot of people have acid reflux that mimics that nausea and vomiting. Mm-hmm. If the mylanta, this is not always, but usually, will get rid of it, then you can pretty much consider that being acid reflux. Right. If it doesn't relieve it, guys, then you better run to the yeah. hospital.
0: Yeah. Well, don't physically run. Just get a mm-hmm. time for It's just
2: <laughs> it's just a morning, 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 morning. Yeah, just get there. Yeah, see, the thing with me is I had to drive myself because <laughs> I had my grandkids with me. I was, you know, where we live here, and it's a small rural area of New York State. Yeah, well, not, not technically upstate New York. It's in the southern tier region, and it's a lot of farmland around here, so it's very small towns around here. And so where my son lives is probably like 15 minutes away from our house. So it's like 15 minutes from there to the hospital. But I had to go to another town over, uh, the town of Odessa, to drop my grandkids off and then go to the primary care. So I'm sitting here having this heart attack and I didn't want to call 911 and scare my grandkids. And, you know, they're already concerned enough and I didn't want to make them really more scared than they already, you know, I think they're more concerned than they were scared because you see an ambulance coming down the road and you, know, you see Papa getting put on a stretcher and everything like that. That's, that's something I didn't want to, I didn't want to traumatize my grandkids. So I felt comfortable enough to drive and I just took it nice and easy. And I felt, okay, if I feel like something's going on, I'll pull over and call and have somebody come get me from there. And then, uh, but other than that, you know, I felt okay to drive. So that's not the case for everybody. So I guess you just kind of have to judge, make that judgment call on yourself. Um, if you're having the signs of a heart attack, you have to make that call. If you have somebody there, that's an adult, then 911. Right. On I was with two, two small children. I didn't have another adult with me. Otherwise I would have just had the ambulance come get me or have that adult take me down, but I had to do what I had to do. And so luckily, I was fortunate that nothing worse happened from the time I left the house to get into the ER. And they were able to get me stabilized in the ER to get me over to uh, Elmira to Arnett Ogden Hospital to get the procedure done. So, yeah, I yeah. have to a, make a judgment call. I think
0: it's a really good thing, but I'm wondering you and you, Roger, you Linda, a little bit different because I would suggest anybody having a medical issue, always down one, never try to drive yourself to the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, want to make sure Roger was under and you know, had to make a decision he made. But I would highly recommend calling down one nine one one. Absolutely. To, I'm curious, Roger, what did your wife is what did your wife do during this whole time? She had been freaking out.
2: She, she was pretty much panicking and, you know, freaking out, like you said. Uh, I think she felt helpless because she couldn't be there for me or with me because of COVID restrictions. Um, but so I had left the car at the hospital because we only have one vehicle. So I left that at the hospital. I left the keys with the front uh, the nurse. And I said, my wife's going to pick up the car at some point today. And and so she got a hold of my father-in-law and he came and got her at the hotel drove her over to to the hospital where the ER was at and picked up the car. But like I said, she was, I know from what, you know, talking to her after, after the fact, after I got discharged that she was worried. Um, you know, like you said, she's freaking out because once she couldn't be with me and she wanted to be with me and, and be able to take care of me. And, and she couldn't do that. And with the COVID restrictions, it made it even worse. So, but she's been very good about taking care of me. She, you know, especially when I first got out of the hospital, she was, you know, don't, don't do this and don't do that. And my sons, when, um, both my boys came up, uh, the following week and helped move in the furniture and stuff like that. And, you know, did all the heavy lifting. And so when we were moved in the house, I wasn't supposed to do any, you know, strenuous activities until I got cleared by the doctor So my wife and uh, one of her friends from Missouri had flown in like a few days before or a few days after my heart attack. And she helped us with cleaning the house. My mother-in-law came up and helped. And so I I felt guilty, but I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing anything. So I just kind of sat out on the front porch underneath the air, you know, underneath the fan and just kind of took it easy. Still feeling guilty that I couldn't do anything. But my wife's like, no, you're not supposed to do anything until... You go and see the doctor. So absolutely. Well, so you she, men
1: especially it's hard for her because well, she was very are, mm-hmm. she's
2: always been a very nurturing wife, anyways, but she had to be stern with me and I appreciated that. And that's the thing, guys. If your wife is being stern with you post stroke or post heart attack, just yes, dear, and just sit down and shut up. That's yeah, that's what you got to do. Oh
0: my God. <laughs> Sit down still. I love you. That was a really needed thing to say. So I appreciate that. Because me as a guy, I did the same thing you did. I cannot, I didn't tell them I was having these headaches. It lived there. I had a brain injury at first. Mm-hmm. So it was for a month, for a month before my. Your brain and your exploded. You'd probably get ice being driven in by brain. Yeah. And I didn't tell her because I didn't want to figure out, but I should have told her. And I would have liked her. She said, We better get to hospital.
2: Well, I, I think I could say this because my wife is uh, humble as well. She's a very loving wife and she's very <laughs> humble. And then yeah. I told her that Monday, I said, Something doesn't feel right. She said to me, It's probably low blood sugar. So I looked, that's when I started looking up the symptoms. Like, yeah, you're right. So, you know, ate a banana and, you know, did the other stuff, blah, blah, blah. And so once I had my heart attack, she humbled herself as I'm so sorry that I didn't, you know, it almost made me cry because, you know, my wife was trying not to be, she wasn't being like, oh, you're fine, but she was trying to make sense of it. But, in her own way. And it wasn't a bad thing. I'm just saying she, she came to me after, you know, once I got discharged and she's like, I am so sorry. And, you know, you I should have listened to you better. And this, I said, well, it is what it is. And we're, we, we got through it. So no more, you know, not listening to each other. If you don't feel well, I'm taking there you to the hospital, you know, cause she's there the same go. age as me. And, yeah. you know, so if I, if I'm not going to sit there and, and pussyfoot around with, if she's not feeling well, I'm taking her to the ER. And same with me. I would expect the same thing, and she would, uh, especially after the experience of last year, because we're coming up on a uh, June 3rd will be a year it's since my heart attack. So she knows not to take it for granted, and I know not to take it her for granted. So in the past, it used to be like, oh, you know, I don't feel very well, or I get bronchitis. Oh, it's probably just a cold or something, you know. You just kind of brush it off. But when you get to something drastic or very traumatic, like a heart attack or a stroke, you, you don't question it. You just do it. Just get it. Get in and get it checked out.
0: Wow. Roger, with that, we've we're never not take like the last 10 minutes of the show to kind of talk up oh, talking points of fun. So we want it's time. We're going to say thank you for being
2: on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. So
0: we'll talk to you later. Hopefully, we'll be talking to you soon again. Thank you. Thank you for being there, Roger.
2: Thank you. You guys have a great day. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Another amazing survivor story, Dad.
2: Yeah, man. You
0: you, you don't get anything else. Look at the similar, yeah, these are heart attack survivors and we're stroke survivors. What did they have in common? Well, least for me, I speak for me. The, we ignored the body signs talking to us. Mm-hmm. My body was telling me something seriously wrong. And
2: Absolutely.
0: I don't, I brushed it off. Don't do that, people. Don't, don't ignore what your body is telling you.
1: No. And so what it was is, your
0: greatest takeaway from today's show, Dan?
1: Um, the greatest takeaway is exactly what you said, which was, you know, don't kind of look for other reasons that your body could be going through. Well, he thought maybe it was because of ketosis. Maybe it was this. Don't do that. Just let a professional know. And just go in. I mean, start with your primary. If you're not having those severe like he did Monday, he only said he felt off. Go talk to your doctor because a simple EKG and a lab panel could tell that doctor whether you should go or not.
0: Before and he had to
1: before he actually waited and because he felt better on um, Tuesday and then Wednesday is when he had to go in. But if you had gone in Monday They would have seen that he was having that first sign of a heart attack Monday. And it could be a matter of life and death. A simple test, guys. And they can do it in in your doctor's office. We keep talking about 911. But unless you're having those feelings that you're uh, a doom, you may be able to just go to your doctor first and then let him check it out and send you to the hospital
0: yeah i i'm getting right before my, about two weeks before my brain aneurysm ratchet, i get, became extremely sensitive to sound to light i right. would i would get an light on my eyes and it would it jarred the ice pick in my brain now I'm further without painful and you just make sighted sound same thing but did I tell my wife I was in that much pain well no I can't minimize it I'm not scared but I should have said something wrong but I think. but you know well,
1: it's important to also understand that we've said this before we're not just going through this but Our spouses are going through it. Our loved ones are going through it. Like yesterday, I'm going to put you on the spot, and I'm going to tease your your little butt right now. Because yesterday when you were doing your video and you were cooking, Rebecca was just concerned. And and guys, I have to say this and put him on the spot because we tend to do this we got this. We're good. My husband does it to me when we were watching Aaron live. It was amazing your cooking. I'm glad to see that. But Rebecca's in the background, and I know how she felt. She was holding her breath,
0: yeah, well. not
1: wanting something to happen. So we have to have so much more respect and patience for for the people that love us because they're scared. They're scared for us.
0: Well, that's a perfect way. Let's. Let's give a little plug for your new show coming up this Friday. Yes. What do you, tell, tell me about your new show. You you're doing this Friday.
1: Friday, guys, I'm so happy we're doing this. It's gonna be once a month to start the last Friday of every month. And it's gonna be about care warriors. Those people that take care of the survivors. The I mean the caregiver.
0: people do you mean caregiver?
1: Care warriors.
0: Oh, you call them care. I think that's brilliant.
1: Yeah, that was your idea. Care yeah. warrior. <laughs> he, he's given himself this. Oh, well, that was not
0: really. You know, Deb, honestly, I think I'm just
1: kidding, Aaron. I love what That was past brilliant.
0: You did. Uh, Roger talked. about so i awesome. Yeah. yeah. I talked about Rebecca. they talked about your husband the Larry. And yeah. they are not just caregivers of my eyes and so I suggested when you told me your heart was to, to reach out and help support the caregiver, I said, they're, not, they are, they're care warriors. Yeah. They endure stuff that we don't. That they, they are heart attack survivors, stroke survivors, whatever survivors, just a different
1: type. But they're also stress survivors because it's stressful to take care of somebody you love, and it's stressful to watch them sometimes not do what's best for themselves because my husband had a stroke too and when I was taking care of him he drove me nuts he just wanted to do everything himself he didn't want to rest he didn't he thought he was fine his blood pressure medicine he didn't need it blah 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 you two are two of a kind you know that so you know you can imagine what I live with with him so I've been in both positions guys I've been up care giver. I've also been a stroke survivor. So I I have so much love for those who care for us. And and we do give them a hard time. And you know you give Rebecca a hard time. God bless her. She's an angel. Rebecca, I love you, girl. (laughs) But that's what this show is about on Friday is giving it mad respect to them and letting them share what they feel, their feelings, their Who's
0: stress. The their feelings. Who is the guest having on?
1: My fr- the first guest is going to be my friend, M- Melissa Reese Camp that oh, has yes, come on already. Awesome. And she's already been on the show, guys, and she had uh, a son that was born with cerebral palsy. He had a stroke when she was in utero when she was seven months pregnant born with cerebral palsy and she's taken care of him for 30 years till he passed away two years ago. And she's turning all that grief and that emptiness because he was her whole life for a long time. And she'll talk about the lessons that she learned from him. She said, that boy taught me more than I ever did for him. And it's beautiful. It'll make you cry, grab your Kleenex, I promise. But she's also turning that grief into something so beautiful, creating a non-for-profit company called Ready Wheels, which we're going to collaborate with her and help her, which is giving rides to people in need, veterans and disabled. So it's going to be beautiful on Friday. I'm so and happy to is, do this.
0: And that is this Friday on the channel YouTube channel, Anani and Pacific Standard Time,
1: correct? Exactly. And please, if you in this community of, of Care Warriors, guys, Bring your spouses, your, your mate, your family member, whoever it is that's caring for you. If you love them and you want to thank them, you want to bring them to listen to the show. Take and share. I'm going to make a post. I'm going to put it in, into the chart or the, the groups. Share it with all your care. Warriors out there, guys, because they, they need a place to come and listen. You guys all come here and we give you tips. Let's give them back what they deserve.
0: I agree. I mean, I mean, to anybody that needs the support that doesn't get in the communities out there. There are a few. But they're they call them caregivers. And Deb, and I realize that care warriors are more appropriate. So we're going to start calling them Care Warriors. So mm-hmm. bring the Care Warrior in your life, Survivor, to Debra's show for this Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard on the
1: YouTube channel. And then also to finish off before we jump off, we will be coming back later on today doing a little live. We want to talk to you guys about a little bit of some changes that we're going to be doing necessary changes, and um, fill you in on
0: that. And We think we're pretty sure we're going to reduce her show to once months a month or once a week, I mean,
1: on Once a week, we may just do our show once
0: a yeah, week. Yeah, and then we do Wednesday show and Friday show. So mm-hmm. should be on. The main thing is, show TV movement is not about just Deb and I. It's about you. It's about you survivors out there worldwide. Tell your friends, share content, like the video, share the video, go to TV, YouTube channel, and subscribe.
1: That's anyway. the big thing, guys. If you can just subscribe, just take a moment. It just takes one minute. Go to the YouTube and click on subscribe, and all they'll do is register you. Care Warriors. Yes, Breeza. And by the way, guys, Miss Breeza here, our amazing survivor of being locked in, will be on this Thursday. Oh, no, next Monday. Sorry, next Monday. Next Monday, Breeza is on. We got her rescheduled. So keep an eye out for that because that is a story that is not just mind blowing, but it's so inspirational. Because when you hear her talk and her amazing partner and fiance in life, if they can't give you inspiration, guys, nobody can. And Breeza, thank you so much for being part of Stroke TV, for being here and supporting us and wanting to help us collaborating between. Us all together, we're going to be doing amazing things. You can
0: expect some big stuff coming out of the next month to come up. I mean, we're,
1: Absolutely. we're not
0: collaborating with, we're turning a fish. Hopefully, we're trying hard to do podcasts with it being on the Beyond the C Suite Network podcast. But yeah, that would
1: be incredible.
0: That's gonna be critical. We're not colliding with American Art Association. We have Breeze coming on board. If you're out there and you want to host your own show, Stroke TV is this. It's a network. Stroke TV is a network of survivors. If you offer content, like if you're live streaming, if you want to host your own show within the Stroke TV network email message deborah myself let's mm-hmm. know. teach you such a the at your own weekly or monthly show
1: and we'd love to have you guys do a show we already have our our beautiful friend kelly pierce is going to be doing a show and then this thursday guys is amazing deborah barry will be coming on and boy is she a survivor I guys not only think. is she a survivor of one thing but so many things some were personal emotional some were uh, you know medical but she is a powerhouse and she is going to give you guys a different spin on spirituality and motivation and right. I, we we talked to her for an hour yesterday we could not get off because we just kept hmm. wanting to talk to her and we knew she too needs to have i hope she takes us up on it but needs to be on here and do a weekly show because she will just blow you away we've just got two more incredible days
0: well you know with that it's been a great show thank you for being on the spanish tv and remember we here for you so we as a community around the world will come together and they support each other, encourage each other, don't give up. So, mm-hmm. with that, be, bye, Dad. Have a great day. Talk to you later. You know it.